Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, the Oilers can't quite get it done against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bolts win it 5-3 tonight. The Oilers down 4-1 late in the second period. Zach Hyman scored. Connor McDavid got to the got the Oilers within a goal with 10-21 left in the third. Leon Dreisaitl hit the post with one of his patented bad angle one-timers with just over a minute left, and they could not tie it up. Tampa Bay adds an empty netter to get the win. Let's go back to Tampa. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. You guys look like a pretty strong team offensively, but maybe one too many breakdowns or maybe coming up short on the other end of the ice tonight. Well, I thought it was a competitive hockey game for our team tonight. Um, Coming in to face the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, we gave up 23 shots on net. Uh, I think, um, you know, there were a few breakdowns. There were some weird goals. One we kicked into our own net. Uh, we were trying to do the right thing. We just came back into the blue paint and it went off our foot and in the net. Gave up two six-on-five goals. Um, a shorthand or a penalty kill goal against in the last few seconds of that. And uh, Are there some things that we can do better? Yeah, I think there's some things we can do better. But in terms of the compete level of our team, uh, coming in um, to tough environment um, there were some real good signs in our team game tonight you talked about compete level uh, one man who exemplifies that to a great degree is of course Mike Smith I think he'll be the first to admit he wants a couple of those back did you have a conversation with them during the game at all and what's maybe the next steps moving forward because that's back-to-back games that he'd probably wish he could have back well not I didn't have a conversation during the game with with Mike um, uh, you know we're at the end of the day we we're in a one goal hockey game they scored an empty netter at the end I think he tried to battle through some uh, things and he, you know he made some saves for us as well and um, we were we had a chance to win that game like I said we we gave up 23 shots on net that's a good that's a good thing I think um, you know, were there some breakdowns that we can be better at as a team? Yes, there were, and uh, we're going to work to address those. But like I said, we were in a one-goal hockey game in a tough environment against the two-time Stanley Cup champions, and uh, you know there was a lot of good in that game as well. When you play a team like Tampa, it just goes to show how fine the details are and how little those details can kind of add up and towards a win, doesn't it, against Lightning? Yeah, I mean, they're a very, very um, good hockey team that's um, far along in their evolution as a team. Uh, the core of that team's been together for a long time. Um, they're very rehearsed and practiced in, in how they play the game. And um, I thought it was, uh, if I was a fan watching that game tonight, that was an excellent hockey game. Uh, there were chances both ways. Um, we hit a post. At the end of the game, it could have tied it up. It didn't go in for us. But like I said, I think uh, the compete, the effort uh, on our team's part was there. And, um, you know, it's one bounce here or there. Didn't go our way tonight. The team is trying to get as many points as it possibly can, and you've got another two 
major Eastern Conference foes against with the Panthers and Carolina. What's the team got to do to get some points here? Well, I think if you just look at it from that perspective, um, you're not concentrating on your process. And we want to steer the conversation for our team uh, towards process and making sure that we're playing the game the right way so that we'll be in position uh, to take points uh, in every game that we play. And, um, you know, that's where our focus is. We're going we're gonna to get on a plane tonight. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to digest this game. Uh, we're going to work on some of the things that we need to work on, and we're going to uh, be prepared to play in a, another real quality hockey team in the Florida Panthers. But, um, you know, just to look at the end result of things or the amount of points you have to get here or there, uh, I don't think that's uh, conducive to us moving the needle. I think we have to continue to concentrate on, on our process and making sure that we're playing the game the right way and limiting certain things. And, you know, if we do that, um, you know, we'll, we'll be where we want to be at the end. Thanks, guys. Jay Woodcroft here on 630 Chet, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who lose their second in a row. Their record for the season now 28-20-3. The Lightning winning it. The first game of the Oilers' five-game road trip, 5-3, is the final. Well, Rob, there's a lot to discuss in this game. And first of all, i got to congratulate Steve. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line before the game. Shots on goal by the Tampa Bay Lightning at 28.5. He took the under. For River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement bet on it, and he nailed it. The Oilers only surrender 23 shots on goal tonight. Now, one of them was an empty netter, so uh, Mike Smith allowing 18 out of 20, or uh, he allows four goals on 22 shots. Let's start with the goaltending, Rob, and by no means is it the only thing that happened in this game because there were a lot of significant plays and significant moments, but it's been an ongoing discussion throughout the season, and we've often said uh, that Ken Holland probably isn't going to make a decision on the goaltending until he sees Mike Smith for a few games. Well, at one point tonight, Mike Smith had allowed three goals on nine shots. Coming off a game, you know, on Sunday night where he allowed four goals on seven shots, granted the Oilers played a lot worse. How do you look at the goaltending this evening? Oh, well, through the first 40 minutes, well, the, the entire game, but through the first 40 minutes, there was a big difference in net. Uh, Vasilevsky was giving the Tampa Bay Lightning everything they needed. And as you said, Mike Smith, uh, to me, the, the goal at the end of the first period was the one that really hurt the Oilers. It, it was a period that if they come out even, they probably were disappointed to be an even in the period because they were the better team. They'd scored the power play goal or feeling good about themselves. And then uh, really a, a nothing play. Now, give Stamkos credit. He's one of the greatest goal scorers of this generation. But it's one that you, would, you need a save on. And it, I, I wouldn't call it a bad goal. But sometimes you have to make a save to at a certain moment of a hockey game to give your team that lift, that, uh, that bounce going into a, an intermission, and they didn't get it. Uh, Vasilevsky was the better goaltender in the game. Now, that happens usually because he is probably the best in the league. But this was a game that I think outside of goaltending, the Oilers were the better team. Uh, they had the better jump. They had the better chances. Uh, they seem to be more in sync. Now, Tampa, they've had a lot of rest as of lately, and they looked rusty, but the Oilers were better in most facets of this hockey game. The one that they weren't better in was in net. Yeah, so Smith's record for the season drops to 5-6-1. and one. Vasilevsky cruising along at 27-8-4. and four. 
Now, it, but in terms of that shot total, Rob, I, I mean, this is this is becoming uh, the norm here under Jay Woodcroft. Now, the Minnesota game is a, is a little different because they did get so many goals early, so their pressure they were applying wasn't quite as severe. But 23 shots on goal by the opposition tonight. The Wild had 22. The Jets had 24. The Ducks had a little more. They had 30. The Kings had a little more. They had 29. San Jose Sarks only had 20, but we've seen... Uh, what is that now four of the last six games for the Oilers they've allowed 24 shots or fewer well they've been playing better defensively they're they're more conscious of it uh they backtrack better and I think one thing that we probably don't talk enough about the the Oilers that are playing on the back end right now these young players who have played for Woodcroft before they know exactly what he looks for and what Dave Manson looks for they play simple hockey and when you play simple hockey you don't create as many offensive chances but you really really cut down on the grade a scoring chances coming the other way you don't force plays that well if this gets out we might get a three on two but if, if i miss this pass they're going in on a two on one so the the play of neiman line and and, and broberg and, and lagason simple simple plays and i think that also as much as the new the, whatever structure they have in place i just think the players that the Oilers are playing just play a simpler hockey game that allow for fewer chances against and i think they're playing very well doing it and the work ethic the other's work ethic is better now than it was at times with dave tippett i think as as craig mctavish said sometimes the oilers got a little horny in the offensive zone and forgot about the third man high and things like that and all of a sudden the other opposition was getting odd man breaks the Oilers have been much better at taking that part of their game and getting better with it Lightning win at 5-3 over the Oilers tonight. You know, I, I said last week, I can't remember if it was you and me talking or on, or on my show, that this was before they lost to Minnesota. Okay, things are going well. Woodcroft and Manson have come in. Some things appear to be working. But at some point, they're going to be trailing going to the third period. And I want to see how Woodcroft handles it. Now, I'll throw out the Minnesota game because that one was over by the time they got to the third period. This one at 4-2 going to the third. Okay, what is he going to do? And Woodcroft's adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. He did what uh, a few other coaches have done <laughs> in that situation. He did go to Dreisaitl and McDavid together. He did. And and one of the reasons you can do that is, is you with the addition of, uh, of Evander Kane. Uh, so that if you put um, Leon and Connor and, in this case, Hyman together, you're not just leaving Nugent Hopkins by himself. He's now got Evander Kane, and he had a, a very good Yamamoto, who was good tonight in the game, playing. And the, the Oilers were able to get the momentum from their top line and continue pushing forward. And the other thing that they did, because you get a Derek Ryan playing more and a Warren Fogle playing more, now, when they start rolling three lines in the third period, the third line is actually contributing because they're not just sitting there waiting and watching. So they're getting out there. But uh, yeah, when you've got, and whether it's a nuclear option or just calling, putting your two greats together and see what they can get going, it's hard to handle. And they actually, the, I thought the, the Oilers at times out changed the Tampa Bay Lightning because there were shifts out there where Leon and Connor were out and they weren't facing Hedman. And well, those were the shifts that, uh, the Oilers dominated. So it was, I, I, when you've got that option, you use it when you need to. They used it in the third period and it almost got them to a point, possibly two, because the Edmonton Oilers are very, very unfortunate that they didn't tie this game up. They had a number of great chances. 
Well, I, I mean, I mentioned the dry settle post late in the game. Nurse walked in around Hedman. I, I mean, rare you'll see uh, Hedman lose his balance like that. On the replay, Rob, I'm not sure Nurse got everything he wanted to on the shot, but nonetheless, Vasilevsky kicked it out. And you mentioned Yamamoto, who really got under the skin of the Lightning tonight. I'm not sure how he missed that pass from Benson. <laughs> I don't think we saw a good replay on that with about 8.50 left. And then he missed an open net that wouldn't have counted because the, the whistle yeah. went because Nurse went crashing into the into the goaltender, but Braden Point uh, was really mad at Yamamoto late in the game. I saw when Yamamoto came out of the penalty box in the second period when the whistle went, Kucherov gave him a little poke to the to the back of the knee. So uh, he, he didn't score tonight, came close a couple times, but Yamamoto was very involved. He was very involved, and a lot of goal scorers, when they get involved emotionally and or physically, they be become a better hockey player in the game because they're just not a perimeter player at that point. At that point, they're they're going, the adrenaline's going, the energy's going. And any time that you have multiple players on the other team trying to decapitate you, it means you're doing something right. And Yamamoto was very good. I, I think on the one that Benson passed him, I think Vasilevsky got his toe on it before the puck got to Yamamoto. That's what it looked like. And on the one where he missed the open net, I, I can tell you this, the Oiler bench is probably... Um, I don't, the, the eruption on the bench would have been different had Yamamoto put that in the open net. Now, I think it was the right call, and I like the fact that it was a no call against Nurse. He fell, took the goalie out. It was the right call, but if that puck would have gone in the net and that would have been a big goal at the moment, you're like, okay, now there would have been a little more talk and discussion from the Oilers bench. But uh, if I'm Yamamoto, I'm happy I missed that one because the odds of him missing two of those are very, very slim. That one wouldn't have counted. The next one will. All right, so the Lightning win at 5-3 tonight over the Edmonton Oilers. That means a $300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown giving $100 for every goal throughout the season. Connor McDavid scored two tonight. Here he is. Connor, obviously a disappointing way to start the road trip. Uh, how did you see that one unfold? I liked parts of our game for sure. Um, we generated lots of chances. Um, you know, I thought we did an alright job keeping them uh, in check, but you know they're a great team. Uh, they do a lot of great, really good things, and they just find ways to win games, and that's what they did tonight. They are a great team, but you guys took it to them for much of much of the game in their end of the ice. But it seemed like one too many breakdowns in your end of the ice. Is that fair to say? Nah, it's just details, right? Like it's just you know little things and um, you know against a team like that every play play matters you know they they take advantage of what you give them and um, you know we just gave them just uh, just a little too much how disappointing is it when you get a two goal night like that and it just uh, you don't get any points out it's always disappointing to lose um, you know like I said I, th I like parts of our game um, you know it's disappointing obviously all right, so quick comments there from Connor McDavid, who does score twice tonight. He got a power play goal with a minute 50 left in the first period. That made it 1-1 at the time, and then with 10-21 left in the third, he gets his 28th, just mid-range wrist shot, just fires it by Vasilevsky. Uh, you know, he commented on the Lightning, Rob, and, and obviously they are a very good team, and... Uh, hey, we can talk all we want about how hard the Oilers worked and missed opportunities or goaltending or whatever. I mean, they won the game, and I often say, I'll show you a good team if you can show me a team that doesn't have its A game but still wins. Um, you know, it's it's great when all you're firing on cylinders and you can go up there and, 
and, and crush a team. But I, I doubt Tampa Bay feels this is their best game. They still won. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the goals Mike Smith allowed, and, and we will continue to. But having said that, from a Tampa Bay perspective, pucks to the net, right? Okay, it goes in off Devin Shore. Well, the puck had to be there. Okay, you know, Corey Perry gets the tip off the shaft of his stick. The puck had to be going to the net, and he had to be there. Even even the point goal, I mean, the puck wasn't moving that quick, but he's he's camped out right at the side of the goal, and he's able to whack at it when it gets there. I mean, well, Tampa plays the game the right way. You don't win two Stanley Cups unless you know, know how to play the proper way, and, and they do. Uh, you look at it, it's a team that's deep. Their fourth line, Perry, he was on the power play, but he scores the, the game-winning goal. The fourth line was very good for them. Uh, teams that don't have their A game and can still win also benefit when you have a goaltender like Vasilevsky. And I think uh, the difference possibly last year between them winning the Stanley Cup and maybe the Florida Panthers moving on is Vasilevsky was better than what Florida had. And he, he is a great equalizer when their team was a little off. So you got a great goaltender, and you also got guys that can put the puck in the net. So when Braden Point didn't get a lot of chances tonight, but the one chance he got, he capitalized. Uh, Corey Perry, again, he's not the same player he was, but when you get one opportunity, he went to the net, he scored. These are guys that have been there before. They've scored big goals at big moments. They know how to put the puck in the net, and I think that's what Tampa has is even when they're great, they're, they're not having a great game, they do enough little things properly to give them the opportunity, and I think that's what you saw in this game. Corey Perry's goal, the 400th of his career. It was on the power play. Lightning go one for four with the man advantage. As we update the power plays for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. The Oilers with just the one power play. Didn't take them long to score, so they were one for one tonight okay we got to take a quick time out we have time to hear from you of course the hotline is powered by certainty the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling system certainty pro all the way 780-496-0063 oilers fall 5-3 to the lightning this is heartland ford overtime open line On net. Oh, what a save made by Smith as he gets the left pad on it on a redirect brought into the Oiler end. Cam Moon with the call. Mike Smith, save the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Mike Smith, 18 stops tonight. Vasilevsky stops 27, and the Lightning beat the Oilers 5-3 as the Oilers have uh, not won in Tampa Bay going all the way back to December What's the exact date here, Rob? December 9th, 2019. Uh, the goaltender of the Oilers beat that night. Did you hear it on the pregame show? Rob? I did. Mike Smith was on Mike the Tampa Smith. Bay Lightning. There we go. Zach Stortini had a big game that night uh, for Edmonton. So but before we dive into the calls, let, let's just talk about the goaltending, Rob, because it's mm -hmm. been uh, ongoing. And, and we have talked about some possibilities for Edmonton, but we've often said, well, I think we got to see how it's going with Smith. I, I, I certainly sense from seeing some stuff on social media tonight, some frustration with Smith, and, and we know about Koskinen. Uh, you know, and the Oilers need, like, they need consistent goaltending. You, you, like, mm -hmm. you need to know what you're going to get out of the start. So, um, you know, as you do, there's there's people we talk to around the league and and people who look into stuff like this quite deeply sometimes. And, and and I asked somebody who I trust. I said, so which goalie is first of all an obvious upgrade? And there's there's several of those. But the second thing is is realistically attainable. And the person said, well, 
none that are that obvious <laughs> uh, in terms of meeting both criteria. He threw out the name Braden Holtby, who's uh, you know doing okay with the Dallas Stars. We'll see if they stick along, stick around in the playoff race. Uh, Holtby makes two million this year. There's uh, your buddy Georgie the Fifth, Gorgiev, with the New York Rangers. <laughs> I want him. I want him here just so I can say Georgie the Fifth all the just time. Just so we can stick with the nickname. Uh, two point four five million this season, and then he's an RFA. Uh, and then you know, possibly if the Islanders are, are willing to deal Varlamov, uh, he makes five million and is under contract for one more year. So I, I know I'm mentioning those names, and I'm sure people are having a variety of reactions to them. So whatever you think of those names, that's uh, that's up to you. But again, that's that's the tough spot. I mean, you're the the odds of the Oilers getting a John Gibson. Um, you know, the word generally with Mark Andre Fleury is that he wouldn't. You know, Edmonton be, would be one of the cities he wouldn't want to come to. We'll see if that could change as it goes along. So, d- depending on how some of those guys float your boat. Now, the other name is here's the other name, Rob. Mm-hmm. First of all, so the, the question I asked this this person that I trust said, I said which goalie is realistically attainable, and the goalie I'm going to mention here that he is very realistically attainable, and the other part I said is an obvious upgrade. And again, that might be debatable given his level of experience, but that's mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner. Yeah, it's funny. I, I get all my buddies texting me and asking me the same things, and I've had a bunch of conversations tonight during the game with some of my buddies. Here's what I see and what I think. I think in, in a perfect world, if you're the Oilers management, Smith and Koskinen, who are just finally playing at the same time, both healthy at the same time, they would hope and wish and, and everything would come true for them where if they came and played like they did last year if smith found his form that he had and costin Koskinen became the the backup goalie that we've seen and they would love for that to happen mm-hmm. there's i think 11 games now between now and the deadline in those 11 games they're going to evaluate these two goalies and see are they capable of taking us on a long run in the playoffs because i think this might be the best oilers team the Oilers have had in a number of years so are these guys good enough to take us? So here's this stretch right now where they're going to play these guys. That's why I believe Skinner right now is not here. They're seeing if these two can do it. Now, if it gets to the point, you know, just before the Dre deadline, you say, okay, they're, they're not living up to their capabilities or they're not playing as well as we need. We need, need to make a move. Now you look at making a trade. Are you capable of getting something, as you said, that is an upgrade, not, not going and hoping someone can fill the, the void someone that actually when you trade for them and you're giving up assets is better than what we have if the Oilers can do that then you make the trade because smith and koskinen have shown you they can't do it if you can't at that point because someone doesn't want to come here or a trade won't work out at that point at the deadline is when you bring stuart skinner up and you say okay you run with it i don't think the Oilers right now want to have him skinner up here and skinner has a, a nice stretch and then they say, oh, you know what? Maybe we don't need to make a trade because Skinner's playing well. And now you're putting the fortunes of this team on the back of a guy that's got eight games or 10 games or whatever he has, NHL experience come playoff time. I think he is their last resort. If, they, if Smith can't do it and they can't make a trade, now you give Skinner the ball and let him run with it and hope he becomes the Bennington uh, uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. But I think it's a lot of pressure if you do it right now because say he has a good five-game stretch, six-game stretch, and you say, okay, we don't need to make a trade. Now everything's resting on this young kid, and you're saying, all right, our fortunes are all on your back. Go in and do it without the experience. So I think that's what they're trying to do right now. 
give Smith some chance. If he doesn't do it, either look for a trade or Skinner becomes your starter for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I, there are certainly uh, risks with either option, at, at least in my mind, Rob. And, but I'm guessing there are some people who would just say, just give it to Skinner. My And, and I, look, Stewart's done great. He's improved. He's got the right attitude. He's got a 9-13 save percentage in 13 NHL games this year. Both Smith and Koskinen are, are below mm-hmm. 900. But it's different in the NHL when you have to be the guy. And my concern to be was, what if you call Skinner up and say, okay, you're going to play seven of the next 10, and it doesn't go well, what does that do for his confidence? Well, when my fear is even worse. Be, uh, I mean, he's 23. You want him to still be an Oilers goaltender when he's 33. Yeah, see, my, my fear is even worse. My fear is he comes up and plays well until the deadline, and you don't make a deal. And now you're, you're Smith is, or sorry, Skinner's your starter in the playoffs. Now the pressure's on him, and he's got... I mean, there's nothing, there's no backup plan. And all of a sudden, now he struggles after the deadline when now, okay, it's, we didn't trade for anyone. This is your net. You go out there and win it for us. And this is a, I mean, it's a tough crowd. It's a tough media. I mean, it's a tough market here. The expectations are high with Connor and Leon and Kane and Hyman and, and whatnot. And Nurse, uh, if things don't go well, that's a lot of pressure to heap on him. So I say, you wait, you see what, if Smith can get back to his form. And if he can't, then at the deadline, you see if you can find a goaltender that's an obvious upgrade without giving up the, you know, the kitchen sink and the farm for him. And if you yeah. can't do that, then that's when you give Skinner his opportunity. And if Skinner starts showing the last whatever it is after the deadline, 10 games, 20 games, whatever, then you ride him through the playoffs. But I think they would rather him play now as much as he can in the minors. Letting Smith, I mean, he's only played, what, 10 games this year, 11 games. Let Smith see if he can find his form. And if he can't, then you, I mean, right now, I'm sure Ken Holland is on the phone trying to figure out what's available, what it's going to cost him if he has to pull the trigger. Stuart Skinner in net tonight for the Bakersfield Condors, who lead San Jose 3 1 after the first period as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Around the NHL tonight, the Montreal Canadiens on fire, 4 0 win over the Buffalo Sabres. Avalanche beat the Red Wings 5-2. The Stars get the win over the Jets. Ottinger was the goalie in that one, 3-2 in overtime and uh, no score in the first period between the Kings and uh, the Coyotes. And uh, Oilers fans, you uh, you got to cheer for the Coyotes in that one <laughs> because if the uh, Kings win, well, right now the Kings are placed ahead the of King- the Oilers in points yeah. percentage. That's funny. Um, the Kings moved ahead tonight without even playing a game yet. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Anaheim's at 59 points, though the Oilers do have a couple games in hand. Dallas right there now with 58, and it's uh, getting to be a pretty tall order for the for the Jets as they sit there with 53 points in 51 games. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Lightning. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Chris from Phoenix checking in. Hey, Chris, go ahead. Hey, boys. Uh, there's, a, there's a terminology that uh, that I've heard uh, over my uh, 43 years of, uh, of living. It's called... Uh, I'm not going to use the actual four-letter word, but it's it's called either poop or get off the pot. And it's time for Holland to fix his goaltending. Um, I'm with you, Rob. Like, I don't want to see Skinner come up here and either fail or whatnot. But at the same time, you said something about uh, your worst fear is uh, he comes up, wins five games, and then we're riding him to the playoffs. My worst fear is, uh, you know, Smith or Koskinen have, uh, you know, a few good games, and then after the trade deadline, they go back to reverting to uh, – being their uh, their normal selves and giving up uh, soft goals, this was a winnable game tonight. Like we should have won this game uh, three to two, 
there there was at least three goals. Uh, maybe maybe my, my my best friend in Windsor said two goals. He's not crediting the uh, the kick in goal by uh, by Shore as a as a softy. I think it's a softy, and uh, we just can't have that. We just can't keep on giving away points. Can't keep on giving away points. So we I know we banked a lot of points early on, and then we came back and and uh, banked some more here. But these are winning winnable games that we're we're giving away. And it's just frustrating when you when you watch our players fight hard and make it a game and outshoot the uh, defending two-time Stanley Cup champs, and you see our goalie give up three goals on nine shots for the second straight game in a row. Like no, you, I, I have nothing yeah. against Smith. I, go ahead. No, no you're, you're right on that. Thanks for calling. It, it, it's the start uh, again. It's four goals on seven shots, three goals on nine shots. You're finding yourself in a hole, and again, you can have valiant efforts what the Oilers had tonight, but you need everything to go right. And you're going against, you know, the best goalie in the National Hockey League and a team that knows how to close it out. And you can pressure and pressure, but the hole was big. You have to come back from three, and most times when you have to come back from big a big number, you always find out just one short because it was such a huge hole. So, yeah, I agree and. Here's the thing. I'm, I, Ken Holland's been around a long time, and I am sure he's on the phone trying to find out what what's available and what it's going to cost him. And I think this road trip, if the Oilers drop a few games on this road trip, I, I still feel the Oilers are going to be a playoff team. But there's other teams now, like Dallas is back in, and this was a huge win for the Dallas Stars tonight. Yeah. And now they're they're going to they're going to be pushing for the second wild card. Uh, Los Angeles, they, they well they're playing Arizona. They should beat. Arizona so the others are in a little bit more of a stressful situation and I as a GM you want to make sure you give your team every possible chance to be a playoff hockey club so you're thinking okay if we lose you know four or five on this road trip that just puts the stress so much more on our players because now we're going to be trailing coming back from it so if there is a goalie trade to be made maybe it's made earlier but I, I he he's looking I guarantee you he's looking because oh, they're always if looking. the yeah, the fan, if we're talking about it, the fans are talking about it. I'm sure that the the management team's talking about it as well. I just I don't know what's available at, at, at out there. I don't know if the players want to come here. And the one thing that I don't have enough uh, brain cells after too many years of getting hit in the head is the contract situation. I think if there's any goaltender that comes here with any type of contract, that you may see a, a trade that involves three teams and one of them being Arizona for somehow the Oilers to give up prospects or draft picks for the Arizona Coyotes to take some money. Or maybe just have people to fill seats in their new arena. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, they don't, they don't need very they don't many, need many of those. people now. Yeah. Well, actually, we could, you know what the Oilers could do for them? The Oilers, we could actually have 5,000 Edmonton Oilers fans go to every game in Arizona. There's so many snowbirds down there. That's we true. We could do them a favor. We only have to fill up five grand. I think that'd be nice of us. All right, uh, we're going to get to more of your phone calls after the 9 o'clock news here. Uh, Rob and I are, are very lucky to talk to you about a game for a living as there is a very significant news story going on as the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine has begun. So we'll have the latest on that coming up here in our 9 o'clock news. I can also tell you whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. It is the Oilers, however, who allow five tonight and they have lost 
Two in a row, 5-3. Tampa Bay takes it. McDavid scores twice. Zach Hyman had the other goal for the Oilers. We should mention him. He's rolling. He scored in five consecutive games, and he's up to 19 on the year. More of your calls in the next half hour, 780-496-0063. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Dry side will get it out. Long pass to Hyman. In over the line. He's got a breakaway. The backhand scores! Zach Hyman sprung on the breakaway by Leon Dreisaitl. Okay, Oilers lose 5-3 to the Lightning. Zach Hyman, though, Rob, uh, I mean, five goals, uh, a goal now in five consecutive games, I should say, and he's up to 19 on the season. Gets the long pass from Dreisaitl and finishes on the backhand. Well, it's been tough for, for Hyman this season between COVID and, and being injured. Uh, he, he lost a stretch of games, but since he's been back playing, he's been very good. And which and we, we talk about it all the time. He plays the proper way. He, he doesn't take a shift off. Uh, he's as hard to get off the puck as Connor and Leon are. That, that's how good he is in the offensive zone when he's trying to control the puck. Uh, and he's got good hands. It was funny. I saw an interview with him and they asked, you know, do you have to change your game? When you play with Connor, he says, well, I'm used to playing with good players or great players, as he did in Toronto and he has here in Edmonton. He sees the game well. His work ethic is second to none. And that, that goal that he scored, and I said at the time, at the end of the period, that gave the Oilers a glimmer of hope going into the third period. It, it took it to a, a one shot and you can pull your goalie. So they got the one shot, then they got to pull their goalie. So Hyman, he seems to deliver at big moments. And I think uh, the way he's going right now, 25, 30 goals, not out of the question, maybe even more than that. And he has lived up to the billing coming into this season. All right, 5-3, the Lightning win tonight. So the Oilers now 28-20-3 on the season. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, I, I have a, uh, I actually have a thought, I guess, on the a little bit of what uh, you and Rob were uh, talking about when it comes to the goaltending, I guess... I guess like my, uh, I guess like uh, uh, my sort of fear is when it comes to Skinner, if uh, like when it comes to making Skinner the guy. Personally, I think, personally, I think, uh, I think what you worry about is if let's say Smith and Koskinen can't do it, and then Holland tries to make a trade, and he can't do that either. And now he goes to Skinner, but now if Skinner's not the guy. Now how many fans are going to say, well, we don't want Skinner here either? So. Right, so uh, I mean, I think, I think Holland, I, I think Holland is right to, at the very least, till the deadline, try and stay patient. I got that. One more quick one on the game. You know what? Better game. No, just a couple, couple soft goals on Smith. But I mean, you know what? It's the way it goes. I, but I mean, you know what? I thought, I thought for the most part, I thought we played well, considering, considering Tampa has won the last two cups. I, you know what? Uh, I mean, you know what, a 5-3 loss with an empty netter, I'm not going to complain too much about that. All right. Thanks, Sir Robert. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We'll also go to Goodfella. Goodfella, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, love the show, guys. Thanks for having me. I got a quick question, and Rob, you might be able to answer this a bit better. But I'm all for competition, and and you know, guys, players, they, they're on a, they're on an edge, and they play really, really hard. But this Smith, you know, I hate to I hate to pile up on one player, but 
when he's calling out the defensemen, especially the young defensemen, um, and you know, I've played sports, we've all played sports. The one guy you can never call out is the goalie, especially during a game. But you know, he's calling out young defensemen, staring them down to the point where the Tampa Bay commentators are even mentioning it. Like it's a, it's embarrassing. Number one, number two, uh, it's not conducive to being what he is supposed to be, which is a quote-unquote leader. Which is, you know, I'm not against Tippett. I think Tippett's a great coach, but all he ever talked about is his leadership, and that that's horrible leadership. And Mike Smith is three or four younger, three or four years younger than me, and I even I know that. Even I know that's a, a bad way to lead, um, especially with a young guy like, even with a guy like uh, Bouchard, who's going to be a, a amazing, maybe a number two defenseman at some point. He's calling him out because the puck went off his stick and deflected last game. He does it every single game. And I wanted to know what you guys think about that. And I, I, I'd love to see some media actually ask him, you know, in one of the pressers, like, what do you think about that, Smith? So I'll leave it there, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what you guys think about that. And thanks for taking my call. It's a great question, and and you're right. As as a leader, there there's a pecking order on every team. There There's the leaders, there's the role players, there's the guys that are just hanging on, just trying to stay in the National Hockey League. Uh, so guys are up and down. Uh when you're near the bottom of the totem pole, when you get a pat on the back from a Leon or a Connor or a Smith or a Nurse or a Duncan Keith, your body swells. You're like, oh, you get you get this good feeling in you. Oh, I've been recognized by one of the stars on the team. And on the other side of it, if if you get stared down or talked down to or blamed or get the glare, it deflates you. And it doesn't matter if you're a a 10-year pro or a two-year pro if you're everyone knows where they stand on a team uh the i i was fortunate i played in a pittsburgh for, with mario who was the greatest player ever never said a negative thing to me in my career and he there were days he could have there were days that my passes were 20 feet off or when he gave me a wide open that i missed and it would be simply get back to the bench he tap you on the pads and say next time and th that means the world means the world to a player so I haven't seen the ones that you're talking about. Now, right for the away games, uh, we're watching it from a, a house or on a TV screen. We don't get to be in the building. But if you are saying what is right, and that's what happened, then you're right. It is wrong. You cannot call out a player because a team, as, as the coaching staff, Jay Woodcraft, have talked about, you win together and you lose together. You score goals together and you give up goals together. So no, no veteran player, no leadership player should ever call out another player. All right, Oilers lose 5-3 to the uh, Lightning of the season. Just some other stats. Good night for the Oilers in the face-off circle. They went 57%. The uh, hits, 34 for the Oilers, 29 for the Lightning. McDavid played 24-02. Dreisaitl played 22-30. Hyman played 22-36. Uh, Ryan McLeod played 20-04. Those are your ice time leaders for the forwards. And Darnell Nurse, no surprise, the uh, ice time leader for defensemen. He was actually the only Oilers blue liner over 20 minutes. He plays 25-01. And as I mentioned, had a. Did, did you think he partially fanned on that, Rob? When he, on the replay, I thought. And, and hey, Vasilevsky still kicked it out. But on the replay, I thought maybe Nurse didn't quite get the shot he wanted when he cut in around Hedman. I, I think Hedman's stick hit the puck. Oh, is that I think that's what happened. Because Hedman, Hedman went, fell down, and as he was laying on the ice, he swung his stick backwards. And I think his puck, or excuse me, his stick hit the puck, and that was, was what caused, I don't even know if Nurse ever got the puck on net. So it was Hedman in desperation, move was able to get a piece of the puck, and that stopped Nurse from, from putting the puck in that. I thought Nurse was very good tonight. I thought he had an excellent hockey game. And w just when you're talking about the stats there, the Oilers were better in 
most stats in this game, whether it's faceoffs, hits, offensive zone time, everything they were better at. The only thing they weren't better in was in net. Vasilevsky was a better player. And you just mentioned McLeod, the minutes he got, deserved of him. McLeod was very good in this hockey game. And as we said before, he and Yamamoto are fighting to stay in the top six when Pugliarvi gets back. And I thought both Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod both had very good hockey games. And and sometimes we say this about a lot of young players, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm just picking on Ryan McLeod. I would just like to see him shoot more. Just get it yep. to the net. Yep, there was a couple times that he passed up. There's a few guys that passed shots up tonight. He passed one up. Um, Hyman passed one up tonight. But McLeod was coming down with full speed. And we've seen when Connor McDavid or Leon come with full speed and they shoot in stride. I mean, anyone that's old can remember Mark Messi or Glenn Anderson doing the same thing. A goalie isn't set. When a player sh goes and shoots in stride, you catch the goalie. Uh, I don't know if it's napping, but he's not completely set. Most players, when they go to shoot, they slow down their feet and then they, they make the shooting motion, which allows the goaltender to know, okay, now he's going, now I'm set. McLeod, because he goes so fast, if he shoots in stride, he can catch goaltenders. We saw it earlier this year with a bad angle shot that he had and scored just because the goalie wasn't set. So McLeod's got to shoot more. I think Hyman tonight had an opportunity to shoot more. When you're behind in a hockey game, there's never, never a bad shot. You can shoot from anywhere. Because if you watch at the end of the night on any of the sports channels, every night bad goals are scored. The only way they're scored, because you put pucks on net. All right, Oilers fall 5-3 to Tampa Bay. Rick is on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Rick, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Hey, Reed. how are you guys? Good. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go back to your uh, goaltending there. It seems like uh, we've been needing a real good goaltender for a long time. I'm not saying that we don't have really good goaltending, but I, when you crunch the number, 17% save, save percentage on like four goals and 23 shots, it just doesn't cut it. Like I coached minor hockey for 15 years, and we know that you need goaltending. And I, I believe that Skinner is the number one goaltender. But if you go, to, uh, if you trade them, Skinner's not going to win all the games. He's going to need somebody to back him up. Now, where do you go from there? Like, I believe there's, there's like four or five top goaltenders out there that maybe we can get. But we need to get within the next 10, 12 games, I think we need to get a goaltender. Well, which which goalies are you thinking about, Rick? I'm just curious. Um, I never look I never looked at them. There's there's a couple I, I think they're Poli are they Polish or Russian goalies? One Oh, there's a Russian in New York, end. Georgie the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there well was it will be others. in the next eleven games if they get a goalie because the deadline I believe yeah. is in eleven games from now. March so 21st. if they're going to get one, it's gotta be soon. Um mm -hmm. and I, I think but, but I, I think ideally there, right? Rick I think ideally, th thanks for your call, I think ideally Koskinen would be part of the trade and Smith would be the backup. I, I think in a perfect world, don't you think, Rob? I do, because you want, you're going to need cap space. So you're going to want to get rid of Koskinen's cap contract, uh, and then Smith would be your backup. Now, I know that you, you mentioned Holtby. I'm not sure Holtby is a huge upgrade. Uh, I know he's having a fairly good season this year with Dallas, but Dallas is a very stingy defensive hockey club that doesn't give up a lot of chances. I mean, hope he's on the back end of his career. He's had an incredible career, He's 32. Career, he's, not, he's not ancient. I mean, he's, he's not... But he hasn't been a... As, well, has he been a starter? The last two years were tough. I mean, he, he had an 897 yes. in Washington, and then last year as the backup to Demko, he had an 889. So that's what I mean. Games. Is that an upgrade yeah. on what you have? 
Um, he's nine twelve this year, but yeah, different, different Dallas plays a different different style of game. So commitment it, it, level, if, I guess, if, to the, to defense. Though so the Oilers <laughs> are like working it. on that. I like how you said that commitment level. That's a really good way of saying they work harder <laughs> on defense. Um, but yeah, it, it, there, I I could see, I can understand where the people are wanting an upgrade in, the, in net. But if you're going to give up assets, it's got to be an upgrade. And you've got to find a team that's willing to make the trade with you. You've got to find a team that, has, that we have something they want. And in the case of goaltenders that have uh, no trade or limited trade, you've got to find a goaltender that wants to come here. And if all right, you can we're find get, all of those things. Uh, sorry, Rob. We'll get to calls. And if you can find David all those and... things, then you're good. But that's easier said than done sometimes. Okay, we'll get to calls from David and Dave before we wrap up. Oilers lose five three to the Lightning. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Lightning. Leon Dreisaitl, by the way, with three assists tonight. Connor McDavid scored twice. Hyman had a goal. Uh, Edmonton has lost two straight on the heels of their five-game winning streak. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. David, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hi there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm sure this was sort of uh, talked about earlier on. I missed the first part of the show. But thought, your thoughts about, you know, having Dreisaitl and McDavid paired up again. You know, Tippett was often criticized for that and chips were down again and and, and we did another go-to move for the coach just wondering what you thought about that well i think the oilers are a better team if they're able to run three sentiment i think they're harder to play against over the course of a series or the course of a remainder of the season but there will be times in games where uh you're in need of a quick quick hit offense you need of a goal quickly uh and we've seen over the past when connor and, and leon play together they're the deadliest duo in the National Hockey League. Uh, what you do is you take away some of your depth over the course of the game or, or the or the stretch because now all of a sudden you're, you're really loading up uh, on one line and your second line just a little bit off as well, and then your third line takes a big hit. So I think all coaches, any coach that coaches, these guys will throw them together. And you'll see other teams in Pittsburgh. I've seen games where they'll throw Sydney and Malkin out together or they'll change the lines in Toronto where all of a sudden um, Matthews and Marner will get either Nylander or Tavaros bumped up with them at times. But I think if the Oilers want to be a, a legitimate cup team, for the most part, they will run three centermen with the option in games in short spurts. They will look to their two, superstar, two superstars put together if they're in desperate need of a goal. All right. We'll also welcome Dave to the show as the Oilers lose 5-3 to the Lightning. Dave, go ahead. Yes. Good evening. Yeah, one other thing I noticed in the five-game winning streak was everybody was buying into back-checking, and in the last two games, I just don't see it very much. Well, I, I saw it tonight. Quite, I disagree with that tonight, Dave. I thought they, I, like I thought Tampa Bay got chances, like, but I thought they still worked pretty hard. Uh, Minnesota was a disaster. Right? But, I mean, they, like I said, they only allowed 22. I'm going to leave out the empty netter. They only allowed I'm 22 shots on goal tonight. I'm going to give them that one on the, on Minnesota because I actually think they were a little bit burnt, like exhausted. Mm -hmm. Five games and seven nights, uh, you know, like you can only go you can only go to the well so far, right? But to me, I just seen in the first period it was just there was a little bit of floating in their own end, just by eye. But one of the things I looked at here, and I'm not a stats guy, but your best player in the world, he scores two goals, but he's on the ice for three. 
And I've never actually criticized this guy before in my life, and I even feel bad about doing it, but he's on the ice for three goals, but and I seen him not really the I didn't see the effort or the commitment actually as uh one of your earlier callers put. So I don't know. I don't think coaching's a problem. Like I think some of these guys have had the best coaching in the world in the history of hockey. And I guess you're going to beat me up on that, but sometimes you. No, I'm not. I'm not going to beat you up. I mean, look, we've McDavid was minus one. He was on the ice for the empty netter, so that's a minus. Um, I I mean, again, a lot of people have said that. We've talked about that. How how much of of a problem is coaching if you keep bringing in new coaches and the same things keep happening? I I don't think Connor McDavid is ever going to be one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. I, I think that's just a reality quite frankly at this point rob i agree i but i i disagree on what that caller said about tonight i thought the Oilers' commitment was very good tonight uh the goal ten, the goals that they gave up uh they, they weren't odd man breaks going the other way they were i mean there was two fluke goals um an empty net goal uh connor mcdavid <laughs> connor had a good game and i, I agree that uh, in the past I, I i thought mcclellan was a good coach Hitch is a good coach. Maybe he was past his due date. Um, I thought Dave Tippett was a good coach. And those guys getting fired wasn't all on the coaching. A lot of it was on the players. But in this stretch and tonight, take away the Minnesota game, the Oilers' commitment was good, was very good. And they and I will stand by it. The Oilers were the better team tonight. Just the Tampa Bay Lightning got the better goaltending. All right, our next game broadcast is going to be an early one on Saturday, 9 a.m. for the face-off show game at 10.30. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Brendan Clack was there as well. Go to 63chet.com, globalnews.ca to get more on this game and more on the Oilers. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Lightning win at 5-3. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.